Welcome to the Primal Canadians podcast, where you can learn how to solve sophisticated problems with primal wisdom. And now your hosts, the Primal Canadians. Hi folks and welcome back to the Primal Canadians podcast. I hope you have been listening in on the Primal Blueprint uh, series that we've had going on for the last 11 weeks. We'd love to know what you what you think about it or what you took away from it. And if you didn't like it so much, well, we're on to, uh, uh, back to our new topics again here. This will be the end of the Primal Blueprint series and we got some exciting new topics. We have a very tasty topic today to talk about. It's a good one. It's really going to be quite delicious. Uh, as we head into the holiday season, a lot of people start having images of turkeys and potatoes and gravy and candy canes and all kinds of delicious stuff. But today we're talking about primal eating and how to set yourself up for success during the holiday eating season. Absolutely. I think a very important topic because it's something that um, before the turkey and the gravy comes, uh, there's uh, there's all these like treats always floating around, you know, in workplaces and uh, I think in homes as well. So it's pretty easy to start falling off the wagon when those treats aren't very primal, which generally they aren't in, in the Western society. And we start falling off the wagon before we even get to those big meals. So we want to arm you with a few tools to uh, keep yourself uh, healthy and energized so you can get through it, enjoy all the food, have the most fun with it, and get out on the other end feeling amazing. Exactly. Now, before we get too far into it, I want to just go over briefly why it's important to look after your health during this time of year. Because, you know, everybody knows what comes in early January and, well, all of January and into February. It's the dreaded cold and flu season. Ah, uh, yes. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to get sick now because it's January and it's flu season and all this. Well, I'm here to tell you right now that's not the reason you're going to get sick. It has nothing to do with it being flu season. It has nothing to do with everybody else having the flu. It has everything to do with how you've been eating. Yeah, it has to do with how you've supported your immune system and how you've, uh, uh, what's been happening to your blood over the past, you know, at the start of winter, you know, going into, we just talked about before the podcast about before there's Thanksgiving, there's Halloween, and there's all these like eating uh, festivities, eating events, and it's pretty easy to start falling off track. Uh, up here in Canada, it gets cold, so... We stay inside more. We don't get as much sun. We don't get as much movement. Uh, our body often craves more heavier foods because it's colder and it burns more fat. So um, it's definitely uh, a time of the year where you really want to be a little bit more conscious because uh, winter is about only is about halfway through. So we got three more months before we get into the summer, spring, and the full sunlight days. Exactly. And you know, another problem with going into winter, it, it gets colder and people start wearing heavier clothes and they stop noticing so many of the changes that go on in their body. Mm. Their energy levels drop a little bit and they think it's because there's less sunlight and things like that. But yeah. really, it's all back to the food. Because if you really think about it, starting in about the beginning of September, kids go back to school. Yeah. Suddenly you're packing school lunches, you're buying things like pre-packaged foods and just garbage that nobody should be eating but it's yep. convenient and fast and then that's yep. in the house yep. so you've started eating that and then 
you're rushing kids off to hockey practice and after school programs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're eating quickly. You're more tempted to go for things like fast food, convenience food, packaged food. Totally. Yeah. Then you're kind of into the groove of it by the beginning of October. And then around first or second week of October, the Halloween candy hits the store and you tell yourself, I'm just going to get a box and put it in the cupboard and be ready for Halloween. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know that excuse. I used to use that excuse. Then you've got a box of 120 or 240 miniature candy bars sitting there in the cupboard calling your name and you eat one and then another and then another and then around the third week of October you have to buy another box so that you're still ready for <laughs> Halloween. And then Halloween comes, and well, it's a free-for-all because everyone knows calories and junk don't count on Halloween. Yeah. At least that's how most people think. Yeah. And then after Halloween, you know, there's leftovers, so you finish them. And the Halloween sales at the stores. The Halloween <laughs> sales at the store. I used to hit those. My cousin and I, actually, every November 1st, we would get up early in the morning and run to Walmart and just stock up on Halloween candy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was absurd. Um, if only I knew then what I know now. Anyway. Then after Halloween, you know, you've, you've, you've stocked up on the sale candy because you think, oh, I'll have it for next year. Yeah. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Then you, you've eaten that. You've eaten everything. And then, oh, look at this. Well, um, no, Thanksgiving is before Halloween here in Canada, isn't it? Right. Yes. Well, American Thanksgiving States, comes along. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got a friend in the States, so you might as well have some pumpkin pie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're already into eating heavier because it's winter. And you're, you're drinking heavier, you know, you're getting the fancy frappa sugar loaded, whatever the crap it is from that holiday themed coffee shop that everybody goes to. And, and, and then, then you're into uh, end of November, beginning yep. of December. Well, it's Christmas season. Mm -hmm. you no know, office Christmas parties are starting to happen. People are having you over for dinner. There's cookies everywhere. Yeah. There's candy canes and treats. And well, you, I'll just have one. Yeah. Every single day, yeah. Every single hour of every single day, and the next thing you know, you're stuffing yourself with junk, and then December twenty fifth comes along. You've already been stuffing yourself with junk. Your stockings filled with chocolate and sugar and all kinds of crap. Then you have your your Thanksgiving or your Christmas dinner. You're you're eating all kinds of really good quality food that's been mixed with really low quality food. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're having that, you know, you're so full you could never possibly eat again. And then somebody sticks their head out of the kitchen and says, do you want some pie? <laughs> and suddenly you're ready to eat some pie. Yeah. And then it's like, well, New Year's is just in five days. And it, starting January 1st, I'm going back to the gym and I'm going to eat good and it's going to be great. But this week I'm going to be bad. Yep. So then you finish all the Christmas leftovers, you eat all the junk food, you go to the store, you capitalize on the sales of all the Christmas goodies. And then comes flu season. Now, after hearing that story, why the hell do you think you're sick? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about love attraction. <laughs> no. <laughs> or, or, th or thinking that it is flu season, manifesting it. Oh, but that has a lot to do with it too, but that's a whole other episode. Yeah. But really it is. You've been beating your immune system up, or down rather, for the last three months, mm -hmm. four months. Like it's a brutal time of year yeah. for a lot of people. Couple that with the fact that when the weather gets colder, people generally start drinking less water. Yeah. So you get a little bit dehydrated, you get a little bit tired, you get a little bit run down and you're sick. Yeah. So how do we avoid that? I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so, so important to talk about because 
I mean, the conventional way, we're just kind of set up to fail. You know, with uh, with the habits, the culture, and then, you know, the stores come along and the sales and then all the cafes and all that kind of stuff. And and along with the fact that our body needs it, our body now needs hot food, hot drink uh, to, to stay warmed up, especially when we're not quite as healthy. So it's important to know the type of um, food, the type of things that you want to choose so you can support your body in the right way. Because if we don't think about it, then and we just kind of go along with the flow, then uh those those warm frappes or whatever they are or lattes uh they're just loaded full of uh calories breaking down the immune system even more thickening up the blood and just taxing all our organs yeah exactly i mean it's you nailed it on the head there we're just set up to fail at this time of year yeah you know everywhere you go somebody wants you to eat and there's peer pressure and there's uh, emotional ties to the mm-hmm. food from the holiday season and it, it smells really good yeah you know that cinnamon buns at christmas time like all the all the treats are just so tempting yeah and then there's all the guilt that follows eating all of that which, exactly which makes everything even worse yeah and you know i think that's that's probably a really good place to start i'm just sitting here trying to think in my mind of like could we, could I come up with 10 steps to set yourself up? But I think rule number one is if you want to have a treat, have it. Yeah. But don't beat yourself up over it. Make the decision that you are going to have that food this time and that you're going to accept the consequences of it. And it's yep. going to be the one exception. Totally. I love it. Make make it an empowered decision. You're going to, if you want that cookie, have that cookie. Exactly. You don't need to make an excuse. You don't need to make yourself feel guilty over it and enjoy it. Get, get, you know, get the most out of it. So you don't want three more. Well, that's the thing. You know, you're probably sitting there thinking these guys are crazy. They just told me, told us not to eat all this crap. And then they said, eat the cookies. But when you make it a conscious, empowered decision, and then you don't beat yourself up over it afterwards, you don't end up stuffing your face out of guilt or shame. Right. What often happens is somebody will have a little slip. They'll they'll yep. be eating healthy for a long time and they'll have one thing. And then the next day they're thinking to themselves, mm-hmm. Oh, I was so bad yesterday. Well, you know what? I'm already off the way. Yep. I'm just gonna have one more. Yeah. I'm just gonna have one more. And then the next thing you know it's two and it's three. And yep. then it's a very slippery slope. But if you detach the guilt from it, you can remind yourself, like, no, yesterday I decided I was gonna have dysfunctional food. Yeah. Today I'm deciding I'm back to having functional mm-hmm. food. And it's it's a very easy decision when you commit to making it that decision. Yeah, totally. And guess what else happens? Like there's a positive chemical reaction. There's a more there's a better chemical reaction that's happening in your body and you're able to digest that food a lot better as opposed to uh, being hard on yourself and then your body doesn't really isn't really in a very good state to digest the food. For sure. So I think that that's definitely a big part. Like you know, it's there. You don't need to be perfect. You don't have to be need to be rock solid. You have to know why you're making the decision, um, and you have you have to just be happy with it. Yeah. So you have to be so very, have it. Don't don't be hard on yourself. Exactly. You have to be very clear with yourself why you made the decision. You know, if it's an emotional thing, you're trying to fill an emotional void, or something like that then you're in dangerous territory and you really don't want to make that decision. Yeah. But if you really genuinely just want that treat, then go for it. Right. And maybe we should talk about like saying, saying yes, just because a coworker offers it or a family offers it, or 
it's okay if it's not in your diet or you don't feel like it's going to serve you in the right way that that homemade muffin that was made for you uh, then you're okay to say no or you're okay to just have a little bite whatever whatever you feel is right like you don't have to eat something because somebody's asking you to eat it or somebody would like you to try some of it yeah that's a really important thing to remember i mean so much of food is surrounded by peer pressure mm -hmm. i know when i first started working on cleaning up my diet that that was a really challenging thing for me you know yeah. you'd go out for dinner at someone's house and you don't know what they're going to prepare whether or not it's going to be functional or not yeah most of the time it's not and it's really uncomfortable the first few times you have to refuse something somebody's lovingly prepared for mm -hmm. you. It's not easy. But you know what? Once you've done it a few times and you've established the boundary for yourself, it gets really easy. Totally. And, I mean, a friend of mine talks a lot. It's like food is a weird thing because when people offer it, we feel bad for not taking it. Mm -hmm. But imagine this. You're walking down the street with a friend of yours and suddenly they pull out a little baggie of crack cocaine. They say, oh, here, I got this for you. Just yeah. have a little bit. Mm -hmm. Would you do it? No. Of course not. Why the hell would you do that? Well, look at junk food exactly the same yeah. way. It, it, it affects your body in similar ways. It's yeah, yeah. just as bad for you in many ways, if not mm -hmm. worse. And it, when somebody offers it, just imagine they're trying to push a drug on you. Yeah, just true. say, no thanks, I don't eat that. Yeah, but this is actually where I find that it gets tricky because... We know that we know that um, you know that it's junk food or how bad it is for us. But often, the person that's offering it to us doesn't. They have no idea. Like somebody, the other day, the reason I thought of this is because somebody the other day offered me a piece of chocolate, and uh, I, you know, I was in good uh, in good rapport with them, whatever, or like I didn't want to say no. So I said, sure, yeah, I ate it. And then as soon as I did, I was like. I just ate that chocolate because he offered it to me and because I didn't really want it. I didn't I didn't not want it. I was kind of pretty neutral, but as soon as I ate it, I knew that, hey, I probably shouldn't have eaten this. So I think like it, it's kind of hard. You kind of got to find that finish. Like you, you can be able to say, you can say like, hey, I'm fasted or I don't eat this right now or whatever. Thank you very much. Like you can graciously accept it and you don't really have to eat it. Yeah, and you know one of my one of my favorite ways to work around that sort of awkwardness of somebody else not necessarily understanding yep. is to just simply make the statement, I really appreciate the offer, but I don't eat that. I love that. And when you identify yourself as somebody who just doesn't do something, mm -hmm. for one thing, the amount of authority it establishes with the other person is incredible. Yep. Mm -hmm. They often don't even question it. Because you didn't say something wishy-washy like, oh, I'm on a diet, I can't have that right now, or yep. oh, I'm trying to do better. All of that invites people to say, oh, well, just to have one or just a yeah. little bit. But if you just flat outright say, acknowledge the gesture that yeah, they yeah. did something nice for you and just say, I don't do that. Right. And I love that. Actually. It's That's such a powerful thing. And, and not, it's simple. It's super simple. And not only is it powerful for them because they see you as like, wow, okay, this is a final decision. I'm not even going to try to push. But it's powerful for you too because your subconscious mind hears you say that. Yeah. Your subconscious mind hears you say, no, I don't eat sugar. Mm -hmm. Then the next time you see sugar, your subconscious mind doesn't even see it as food. It's like, well, I don't eat that. Yeah. No, it's it's a powerful thing and it works really well. 
totally i love that i think that's yeah i think that's super powerful um because then you don't have you don't really take any guilt with you you just you're being clear you're being honest and you're easy to understand in that way exactly there's no i mean the, the trick with refusing dysfunctional food from people who don't understand is don't leave any room for interpretation yeah just lay it out but also don't try to convert them to your way of seeing the world yeah yeah that is one of Good the point, things that yeah. one of the mistakes so many people make and that starts to offend people and it starts to cause tension and it starts to it, it drives people away you know i was actually having a conversation the other day with somebody who's vegan mm-hmm. and recently turned vegan and i got nothing against veganism i'm personally not vegan but if yeah. that's what you want to do power to you but they were complaining to me about how since they've turned vegan nobody wants to hang out with them anymore Oh, interesting. And I had the uncomfortable (laughs) job of pointing out that it has nothing to do with the fact that they've turned vegan. It has everything to do with the fact that they've turned militant vegan and started trying to convert everyone around them to veganism. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that. You piss a lot of people off trying to change their viewpoints when they haven't asked you to. Yeah. But if you can just simply state how you're living your life and don't, put any pressure or blame or guilt or anything like that on the other person and move on yeah it's easy right so yeah i love that really important thing to think about yeah i love that because i think you'll always you'll not i won't say you always but a lot of the times you'll receive pushback you'll be like oh you can have it it's just one or oh you you're in good shape or oh you go to the gym or whatever whatever type of sayings people use uh, you can have just one, but you keep that boundary strong. Be like, nope, not having it that way. Yeah, it it makes it clear, and uh, there's no there's no back and forth. And you're probably helping out the other person as well because they're like, hey, well, maybe I shouldn't be eating this food either. Well, that's the thing. You're you're setting a fantastic example. Uh, a friend of mine pointed that out. She's a wild fit coach the other, and she pointed that out the other day. She she was having a conversation with one of their her clients, and she pointed out like. When you refuse dysfunctional food, think about who's watching you do that. Yeah. You know, if you have kids, they're learning that it's okay to say no to things. Mm -hmm, They're mm -hmm. learning that it's okay to not give in to peer pressure. And that carries on to a lot of other things, like not just food. You know, Mm -hmm, you're talking mm -hmm. about drugs and sex and all kinds of things that come up in childhood for people. Yeah. And if you're setting that example by drawing that boundary and not moving on it yeah you're doing a really good thing for a lot of people totally yeah and i I think in a lot of cases too i don't don't want to go too much farther down this rabbit trail but i think in a lot of cases when you set that boundary with somebody that you know and love you encourage them to do the same yeah you know because a lot of people I'll just say it. Everybody wants to look after themselves. Right. Everybody wants to feel good at yeah, the end of the I mean, day. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know how. A lot of people do know how, but can't find the willpower. Yeah. And so when you demonstrate that level of commitment, they see you do that. And then the next thing you know, it's like you're hanging out with them and they're eating the way you are, even though you haven't told them. Yeah. Because they've seen it. You've demonstrated it. You've shown by example. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I love uh, the term dysfunctional food, by the way. I don't know if we've used it on here too much yet, but I think it's a really it's a really precise way to talk about it because I always refer, often refer to it as toxic food, and uh, that's a bit offensive for a lot of people. But I, I really like dysfunctional. I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> right on. Yeah, it's one I borrowed it from Wild Fit, but it's it's a good one. 
Awesome. Well, uh, let's. I want to talk a little bit about. You know, we talked a lot about like uh, willpower and conditioning and the way you're going to present yourself around food and that kind of stuff. But I want to actually let's talk a little bit about what other things we can do, like nourishing ourselves better, uh, getting the right types of water and other things that we can do so we don't show up to uh, these places, these these cookie binges <laughs> hungry and or, you know, being hungry and having to go out and get junk food kind of thing. Yeah. Let's talk about how we can properly nourish so we don't uh, we don't have cravings for this types of junk food. I'm so glad you said that. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. Awesome. Um, I mean, we talked about willpower a little bit. The thing with willpower is it's finite. You have a lot of willpower first thing in the morning, and by the end of the day, you have almost none. Mm-hmm. And around food, that's difficult, especially around the holidays, because it's usually in the afternoons and the evenings when all these temptations come up. Right. So, like, the... I would say probably the number one most important thing you can do is keep yourself really well fed with really high quality functional foods yep. all throughout the holiday season, all leading up to Christmas and everything. Yep. You know, make sure you're keeping up like, I mean, with your salads, with your colorful uh, meals, uh, lots of fruit, lots of vegetables, like keeping all that stuff really high and making absolutely sure that you don't get hungry yeah because the hungry you you hungrier you are mm-hmm. the more flexible your food rules will get yeah so when you go to that party where there's a, a table full of cookies you're way more likely to think well i'm hungry i'll just have one or two yeah but if you're not hungry you're more likely to look at them and think Eh, that's pretty dysfunctional. I can leave it. Yeah, totally. You know, I've actually uh, there's something I've I've been doing. I've done it a time or two myself. When I when I get invited like to a meal or to a, some you know some type of place that's a eating gathering or a food a gathering you know around food, and I know there's going to be a lot of dysfunctional food around, I make a point to have a full meal before I go. Yes. Because if I if I have a snack, I'm going to go there. I'm probably going to continue to snack. If I don't eat at all, I'm going to go there hungry and I'm definitely going to be looking for for food and, you know, all caught up in the, uh, you know, the conversation and everything. I'm not going to think about what I eat very much. So I think a really good point is if you know for sure that there's not going to be much healthy food is make sure you get a healthy meal in. Like take the time to to nourish yourself before you go and you're going to need less food. You're going to have less room for for dysfunctional food and you're just not going to have as much of it. Yeah, that's a huge point. And you know, another really great workaround is be the person who brings healthy food. I love that. You know, most holiday gatherings are uh, potluck or yep. at least people don't like to show up empty-handed. Mm-hmm. So make a really awesome, nice, kick-ass salad yep. and show up with that. Right. Then you know there's at least one thing you can eat. Yeah. You know, even make a really nice sweet potato casserole without sugar in it. Yeah. Like there is some, it's delicious. Everyone's going to love it mm-hmm. and you know you can eat it. Yeah, there's uh, so many healthy foods that you can make that actually taste really good. Exactly. Just be the person who shows up with the stuff you can eat and then you've got something to eat. Yeah. The other thing is when you are at events like that, look around for things like um, fruit trays, uh, vegetable trays, things like that. Avoid the dips on them. Yeah. But, you know, you can most of the time at any holiday party, somebody ran to the grocery store and bought a tray of pre-cut vegetables. And on that tray, you're going to have carrots, snap peas, broccoli, cauliflower, usually some sliced up cucumbers, 
that's great. Like and you, ranch. And ranch. <laughs> so if you avoid the ranch yep. and you just grab a handful of that sliced cucumber or those snap peas or something, you can satisfy that desire to snack, yep. all that stuff. Everybody else sees you eating so they don't think there's something weird about you. Yep. And you don't have to give in to that dysfunctional food. 100%. I love it. Because there's, there's a really interesting thing that will start happening. And it's it's been happening for me the last maybe two-ish weeks or so as I'm getting things back on track, um, you start looking at dysfunctional food and not seeing food. Mm. It's a really weird thing, but like I look at, um, what was it the other day? You're right. I was at a speaking contest and they had those, you know, those two bite brownies that you get. I used to love those things. I used to eat those by the bag. Right. And I saw them on the table at the food and I, my brain doesn't even register that they're edible that anymore. Food, yeah. I just see it and it's like, wow, look at yeah. that gross lump of brown shit next to the good, <laughs> delicious grapes that I want. That's so funny that you say that because I actually used to, I, I used to eat those things for breakfast when I was like 18, 20 and I, I didn't know any better. I, I, I had the ability to feed myself and it's like, hey, I can eat chocolate for breakfast, but I'm the same way now and I see it, I, I don't even want it. Yeah, I and that's, it takes a while to get yourself trained to get there, yeah. but is it ever liberating when you do? Totally, and I think the key is to nourish yourself. Like you got to make sure your body has the healthy foods, and you don't, you simply don't crave that type of junk food. Totally. So that's that's number like that. Like I said, that's number one most important. Stay well nourished, and don't let yourself get hungry. Yeah, and make sure you bring something with you. Like keep. One thing I like to do is I keep a, a jar with some green smoothie in it in my truck mm-hmm. pretty much all the time. It's not in there right now because it's been cold and it got frozen. But usually I have a green smoothie somewhere within a few hundred feet of me. Yeah. So if it's an emergency awesome. and I'm really hungry and it's like I've got that dysfunctional food in my hand and it's about to go in my mouth, I can just excuse myself for a couple of minutes, run outside, pound a green smoothie, yeah. and I'm good to go. It's so easy to set yourself up for success. It is, but and nobody takes the time to do it. Yeah. And on the other hand, as we said earlier, if you don't, we're, we're just set up to fail. Like There's just so many pitfalls we can, we can fall into if we don't. I mean, it's as simple as you don't even have to blend a smoothie. You can just grab an apple or an orange or something like that yeah you, yeah hell keep a pocket full of almonds yeah a handful you know? of nuts for sure <laughs> there's so many ways that you can make sure that when you do start to get hungry or when you do start to bump up against those cravings and that pressure you have a way out yeah um i mean there's also other things you can do you can hand make your own christmas treats that are healthy yeah you know there are thousands of recipes out there you could go right now online and search for healthy holiday treat recipes and if you have a good sense of what functional food Mm -hmm. is you can look at those recipes and know for sure if it's okay to eat it or not and make that Mm -hmm. and if you don't have that sense just read the ingredients and 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 let your intuition guide you yeah exactly like it's got like four cups of white sugar in it you probably shouldn't eat it (laughs) right i love it but if it's sweetened with dates yeah maybe you're okay totally yeah i was i was going to say and this isn't always super helpful but sometimes you can go follow like you know you can look up paleo and not that paleo is the best way to eat all the time um but paleo avoids a lot of the bad foods 
uh, keto maybe to some degree sometimes as well if you if you know something like that that's like relatively healthy you can put that in as a tagline it's often more uh, helpful uh, than just healthy food because healthy doesn't really mean all that much and it it can mean so much so many different things to different people so if you know a certain thing like yeah i I can only think of paleo right now really that would probably be the most helpful yeah exactly that's often what i do like if i'm if i'm looking up uh, a recipe for something I'll, i'll often search for paleo versions yeah and then i look at the recipe and there's usually one or two things in there that i don't eat yeah but you can you can easily substitute things out Totally. You know, yeah. If the recipe calls for canola oil, use olive oil or almond oil or avocado yep. oil or coconut oil <laughs> or, or some good quality kind of oil. Yeah. And just just be careful. If it calls for refined white sugar, consider finding a different recipe yep. altogether. But there's so many people out there that are getting conscious about what they eat. Yeah. That the you can make holiday treats all you want. Yeah. And s- still enjoy a healthy mm-hmm. holiday without making yourself sick. Yeah, or if you know somebody that's actually like somebody that's like a leader in the in the in the nutrition industry that is healthy, just follow, put in their name or follow their recipes. Like, and I'll say another one: the Primal Blueprint. Like, the Primal Blueprint is 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 very clean. Like, they don't have, you know, probably five to eight or maybe more of the like most offensive most dysfunctional foods uh that we have there you won't ever find those in their recipes so that's another good one that you can probably pop into google uh to help you find a healthy recipe yeah exactly so um i'm just trying to think if there's any other things like really keeping yourself well fed and well nourished well sorry go ahead avoiding the the peer pressure yeah and being really clear about your boundaries like in my mind that's kind of like the most the three most important things to do to set yourself up for success through the holidays totally yeah there's two other things i wanted to talk about it's sleep and food or sorry sleep and water yeah um like making sure that you're properly hydrated um we've talked about this on here quite a few times as well that often when we get hungry uh it's just a signal for that we're actually thirsty so making sure that we're well hydrated is going to help with hunger cravings as well as fill ourselves can help fill ourselves up more when we're around junk food yeah that's a really important point yeah and and then also understanding that when we haven't had a good sleep we got to bed late or had to get up early or something along the lines where we didn't sleep too well we didn't get get proper rest our brain will we will be more hungry through the day yeah so prioritizing good sleep is going to be a big part of it and then knowing when we don't have good sleep we're probably going to crave more food so making sure that those days we we ensure to have a lot of healthy food around yeah absolutely and that's the thing around the holidays sleep often gets pushed to low priority yeah you know people are very frequently staying up late at parties getting up early in the morning still having yeah. to go to work lots then of course christmas eve everyone stays up way late and then their kids are up at the crack of dawn the next day and yeah so yeah people do tend to get run down and tired during the holiday season and that's something you really want to avoid yeah totally and then uh actually staying up late makes me think like because often it comes along with eating more junk food and drinking alcohol yeah so with drinking alcohol it's another one where you really want to like stay stay nourished or else because it can really drain your body 
and and also affect your uh, sleeping patterns so if you do have alcohol try not to have it too late try not to have too much and make sure to have plenty of water with it or around it so you don't get too dehydrated from it yeah exactly and you know another one other thing that just kind of popped into my mind is make the decision before you go somewhere like anywhere if you're going to a party if you're going to an office uh, gathering if you're anywhere you're going during the holidays make the decision before you go that you're not eating dysfunctional food right because when you're in the moment oftentimes your decision making is a little bit slow Uh, that's and it's yeah it's compromised in many Mm -hmm. ways but if you make the decision firmly and confidently before you ever set foot around that temptation it's a lot more likely that your automatic brain is going to kick in and just avoid and you may not even notice the food that's there because you've already decided you're not eating you're not your body's not looking for food anymore yeah that's so powerful i love that you said that because even you know when you make the decision or more so say when you don't make the decision then you're kind of just going with the flow you know you'll you'll probably just eat whatever if you don't make the decision but once you've made the decision then one you don't have to use any brain power you can actually um, use your brain power to engage in conversations or in games or whatever else is going on to be present and uh, you won't get sidetracked so much by dysfunctional food yeah totally that's super important and one last one my brain just kicked into gear here i'm I'm drinking this awesome tea (laughs) Um, pay attention to the emotions you're feeling when you want to eat dysfunctional food yeah because there's an interesting thing where our senses are tied to our memory Mm -hmm. and Oftentimes around the holidays, especially certain foods are tied to that childhood excitement and joy of Christmas time. Yeah. And a lot of times as adults that that level of excitement is just not present anymore. Yeah. And so many, many people, myself included for many years, turn to dysfunctional food, trying to fill that joy that that memory of what christmas was yeah yeah because of the the connection the tie the emotional tie and the fact is it's just not true yeah like there's just eating that extra cinnamon bun or in my case that entire batch of cinnamon buns that my dad made is not going to make me feel the way i used to feel on christmas morning when i was a kid you know what does make me feel that way watching my nieces and nephews get excited about it yeah yeah so look for the emotions that you're trying to reclaim yeah and find functional ways to reclaim those emotions so important so important uh and this can work anytime anywhere because what another thing that happens when we actually think about the emotions then we're not thinking about the food anymore exactly we get the understanding of why the emotion is there we may even get the understanding of what we're actually seeking or what we can it's just going to drive us to different decisions but very importantly it's we're not actually going to be thinking about the food anymore we're going to be thinking about ourselves exactly and now i have one more little little thing to drop on you if an emergency arises and you absolutely can't stop yourself you have that slice of pie or that scoop of uh sweet potato casserole that's loaded with sugar and butter and has marshmallows on top and all that crap and you absolutely are about to put it into your mouth phone me 
I will personally, for a small fee, drive up to your place and slap it out of your hand. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, of course. But just imagine me there slapping the crap food out of your hand. You know what? Jokes aside, that's actually a powerful step. Like, just just think about that. Think about like you can you can you think about us if we if we inspire you or we influence you in any way. You can think about us. Would we make that decision? Or just think about yourself of who you want to be. Would you make that decision that you're, if you were in an empowered state, living the life that you wanted to? So I love that. I think that's powerful. Yeah, I mean, one one thing I often do when I'm being tempted by dysfunctional foods is I remind myself that the person I want to be doesn't do that. Yeah, awesome. It's amazing the power that statement has. So if you and say it out loud if you have to. You know, if you're really in the throes of temptation and you can't stop yourself, yeah, say it to yourself. The person I want to be doesn't eat this. Mm-hmm. Then you'll hear yourself say it and you'll yeah. put it down. Yeah amazing so enjoy the holidays have fun be joyful do all the things go to all the parties participate full out just set yourself up for success and don't eat that junk food unless you consciously make the decision to do it and are willing to 100 percent live with the consequences of it without beating yourself up otherwise you're setting yourself up for a rough cold and flu season absolutely love that think about your health and uh, and nourishing yourself and you're going to ultimately make much better decisions just coming from that uh from that piece from that state of mind totally give yourself the best christmas present ever this year the gift of feeling good amazing and and start january empowered not having to do these crash diets or these crash fitness plans totally i love it and until next time keep it primal and have a merry christmas Tune in next time for more Primal Conversations.